Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie. And hey, what is this strange room that has microphones and computers in it and a mixing board? I haven't been here in a long time. This is our first day weekend at home for months, it seems. Actually, truly, yes, months. I hate to say it, but I counted it and I've been gone every weekend since mid-June. Yes, Wizard World. Celebration Europe 2, Comic-Con, Toy Man Toy Shows. Finally, we have a weekend at home, and normally, at least for the past year, that's been problematic for Star Wars action news, because when we don't go to conventions, God knows there's nothing in stores, so I have to see if anything that I pre-ordered came online, because if there's no boxes in the front hall, there's that uncomfortable, so, what do you want to talk about this week moment? (laughs) But no, it is a welcome, rare throwback this week. We're shopping like it's 1999 for Phantom Menace. Yeah, I actually had a little bit of excitement this week because I went to a store and found toys. I was super duper excited. I couldn't believe your level of giddiness. I don't think you realized how much you missed the good old fashioned toy run. I don't think I realized it. I think you're right. I had gone to our local Meyer, not the Fred Meyer, we know they're different, and they had Saga Legends on those little tiny cards, and I got almost the entire wave, and one more trip, and all I'm missing is a Yoda. I actually got kind of excited and asked Arnie if he wanted me to do, like, some more stores, I need to check, should I go somewhere else, you know, because I can go somewhere else, it doesn't matter, I can, I can do my grocery shopping somewhere else. And you hit a Target as well. Yes, and I got the Rise of the Darth Vader. And you were so excited because you found the Mission Series 2-packs and the 6-inch Black Series. Basically, I found stuff that was not Angry Birds, and it made me very excited. There's some of that hitting stores, too, you know. I know. They had the... I don't even know what they're called. Those things that they put on the iPad. Telepods. Thank you. See how much I paid attention in the same... I had to sit through the presentation twice, so it's... Yeah. But no, it is great to see stuff shipping in stores. Of course, every time they launch a new line, we see the stuff in stores. Wave one is never the hard wave to find. The question is, are they shipping to not oversupply the stores? Will we see waves two, three, four going down the line? They didn't have any of the Saga Legends at Target, nor at Walmart. They had the telepods, though. And they didn't have any at Toys R Us, either. I went over to Toys R Us 
And I was looking because the new vintage X-Wing is showing up at Toys R Us. And that thing, oh, Toys R Us exclusive, so pricey. 60 bucks for that X-Wing. And I had a 15% off coupon that expired Saturday. I know it was online, but I figured by the time I paid shipping and sales tax, it defeated the purpose of the 15% off coupon. So I kept going to Toys R Us. All they had that was new was the new Angry Birds stuff. And the Mission series of figures. But I'm starting to break myself of the habit of ordering figures online. I ordered a few of the three and three quarter inch black series, which we have not found many of. I think the only figure we found is a single Anakin. That is it. I assume he came with friends, but I have never seen any others. That is the only new figure besides the black series six inch that I found at Target and the Vader pack. Nothing else was there. So those are selling out as fast as they get in right now, at least in our area. Are they selling like hotcakes, Arnie? I don't think this stuff is not staying in the store. I think people are buying this because people are so excited. Yeah. Or for some reason, or else they're not getting very much in. Same with the Saga Legends, because you've done three or four trips in order to get a full set for us mint on card, and then we have openers for everything but the Yoda. Yeah, it took me three trips. Not bad, not bad, and it wasn't any kind of crazy toy run, though I'm waiting to do one. This was just my regular weekly grocery shopping. But on our last show from Wizard World, when Jonathan had his three and three quarter inch Black Series figures out, I got a little bit nervous looking at them because I noticed that the glue on the bubble was especially glossy and the glue was coming through on the back on all of his... Now, on this Anakin that you found, the card's a little bit dinged up. I'd like to consider him an opener, but the glue is not readily visible on the back. If I look at it just in the right light, then it is. But one of our listeners, Joe Barrett, sent in a bunch of pictures because at his local store, these things are falling right off the cards while still on the pegs. He sent multiple photos of bubbles that are just separated from the card. There's no tearing. No kid or vandal went in there and started tearing them off the card. It simply is separation between the card and the card back and the bubble. And with the Saga Legends, I noticed that myself on several of the ones you brought home, I went to open some of our openers to find I barely had to do any of the work. Just a little bit of slight pressure and the thing popped right off. That's disappointing because that's going to not last more than a year or two if you want to keep these mint on card. Not without adding additional glue yourself. Which some people, I personally have no problem with it. Some people may freak out about that. I don't know how AFA reacts. I think they're negative to adding more glue. If any of our listeners are more familiar with the AFA grading system. I don't do AFA grading, so I don't pay a lot of attention, but I also know that that's a standard to go by. I mean, they consider an autograph of an actor on a figure vandalism and consider it a mark against the figure. So it's all personal preference. But yeah, I think if they don't change the glue, and they may change the glue, this could be a first shipment, first wave problem. But if they change the glue, it shouldn't be an issue. But on these very first figures... If they don't change the glue, I think I, as a mint-on-card collector, am going to have a real serious issue. I've already fretted so much about the one figure that's notorious for this, and that's 
the 1997 Jedi Luke that was specifically given away in movie theaters at the special edition of Return of the Jedi, that figure is notorious for bad glue and that figure just falling off the card. You would think that they just use standard glue. They, they know what works and then use it. What's this change in glue types? We decided the old glue worked too well, so we don't want to use it anymore. Maybe it's the amount of glue applied. Maybe it is the type of glue... I mean, we've talked to Hasbro back in the days that they used to do the Q&As and asked about really crappy soft goods, and their response was, the factory says we're going to get you brown cloth at this price, and this is the cloth that happened to be available at that price at the time. It may have looked a little fabulous for a Jedi, but it was what they had. And so maybe the glue is the same way. The only glue they could get to meet the price, they're trying to keep costs down, well... You can have glue that costs you eight cents or glue that costs you five cents. Let's save that three cents on glue. I guess that makes a difference when you're talking a serious volume of action figures. And Hasbro is there to sell figures. What happens to the figures after they ship to Walmart is not their concern. That's true. They don't care about collectors. They don't care about secondary market. Their job is sell through and really not even sell through, just getting big box retailers to buy cases and cases of them. And then they're out. But I'll say it's early on. But already I'm starting to question a mint on card collection of these. Because looking at these Saga Legends as I'm opening them with the gentlest of tugging. It's like, am I really going to buy a full set of these just to watch them fall off the card? That's a tough decision. It really is. Because if you go back later, you'll never find one with a bubble on the card. Well, if I couldn't ever find one with the bubble on the card, then I wouldn't have mine either. (laughs) I know, but what I'm saying is if you regret it. If I regret it, though, again, if I couldn't find one on eBay, then mine wouldn't be in any better shape. True. We're going to look at some of these figures in just a little bit, but believe it or not, card bubbles, while I think we're the first ones reporting on this, none of the sites I go to are really reporting these figures falling off the card backs the way we've seen. But what everybody's talking about this week isn't actually in stores. It's an Amazon exclusive. It's the Vintage Slave One. Slavegate? That's what one person called it. And I kind of found that funny. I've had so many emails. Thank you, everyone who emailed me with pictures and reports. These things started to hit doorsteps on Monday. I got my shipping notice early Monday, and I was all excited. Vintage Slave 1, yay! And again, not used to stores having stuff. It was, we're going to have something for the next show to talk about, yay! Because I guess Sideshow delayed that Shaq T again. She just shipped Friday. We'll have her for a future show. (laughs) But I was so excited. And then not a few hours later, images started showing up online at Jedi Temple Archives, Yak Face, Yoda's News of completely beat up slave ones just left on the doorstep boxes torn open demolished i mean i love the vintage packaging look of the boxed vehicles the carded figures had started to wear on me a little after so many years of peg warmers but the vehicles i love but they're not shipping weight cardboard they're not intended to be thrown in the back of a ups truck with other boxes on top of it and then delivered to your doorstep it doesn't have the strength i'm sure jerry could give us exactly the weight of cardboard needed to ensure safe delivery 
Look, Jerry just needs to release something called Cardboard Cast, and all I can do is talk about packaging, because I would listen to it, because I love this kind of stuff. And so I immediately thought, for sure, mine was going to be destroyed. And what everyone was saying is, contact Amazon and have them ship yours as a gift. Because if they ship it as a gift, then the reports were the first day, they'll leave it in Hasbro's white mailer box. And while that's still not a great box, at least it's one level of protection better than no levels of protection. And mine had already shipped. I knew it wasn't worth it. Thank you to everyone who PM'd me and everything saying contact Amazon. But I knew it was too late. I knew I was doomed. I'm a Prime member. It was going to be here on Wednesday. And so all I could do is wait and watch report after report come in of destroyed Slave 1. But... I think there's something good in the fact that mine didn't ship until Monday morning. It seems that Amazon very quickly learned of their mistake because by the time mine showed up on Wednesday, mine was not bare boxed. Mine was in the Hasbro shipping container and it does have a big dent in the side, (laughs) but it's at least not torn apart and the dent in the side did go through to the underlying box, but I need to examine to see exactly how bad. I am opening this, so I'm going to be a little bit less anal about box condition than if it was a complete mint-in-mint box collectible for me. I'm curious what's going to happen when you open it, because as I understand, the inside is no better. This is true. (laughs) This whole thing sounds like a lemon. I think you guys all got sold a bunch of beans for some magic stock. Slave one. Ha! You got a box of crap. Well, I wouldn't say box of crap, but the reports of the innards of the slave one... (laughs) The innards. ...make it sound like you will never, ever, ever want to buy this Minton box on the secondary market. Because I always go back... You know, I've talked to Steve Sansweet on the show a number of times, and we've talked to him in person a number of times, but maybe because it was my first time talking to him, I was so starstruck, that very first interview on this show, and it was when we really talked big collecting concepts. But I always go back to what he said in that first interview when he said, why would you keep your collectible in a box? How do you know what's really in that box? How do you know somebody didn't very carefully open it and re-glue it and have sold you? His use was a bunch of bricks. But, I mean, it could be anything. It could be garbage paper towel rollers. I mean, you don't know what's in a box if you never open it. This is the epitome of that because, first, they're shipping missing parts. They are shipping without the Hanan carbonite and the missiles and the The sticker sheets. The Hanan Carbonite is a crucial part of the Slave One. How can this be missing? Although I'm guessing what happened is maybe the box was just so trashed, Han fell out and he's in the back of a FedEx truck somewhere. And if I was that FedEx driver, I'd have a Hanan Carbonite dashboard buddy. Yep. Maybe he'd do a little jiggle when he hits a bump. But I think people who didn't get it torn apart like that had that problem. More... There's a problem with the wings holding position. The spring is not locking correctly. The spring is sometimes broken. It either won't hold the flight position at all, or it's very tricky to get into that position. That is a widespread problem. Also, a lot of reports from William LeMay up in Canada writes to us quite a bit, and I always appreciate his reports. His canopy won't close. (laughs) Oops. Now, I did reach out to our friends at Hunter PR in Hasbro, Asking for some comments on this. I received a couple out-of-office replies. Justin, I hope you're okay. You're either on the coolest vacation ever 
or you forgot to turn off your out of office last January. <laughs> Didn't update the dates. It happens. I've done that before. <laughs> okay, that could be the case too. I thought he wasn't going to be back until after the new year. <laughs> like, wow. Has Hunter has a great PTO system going there. But no reply from Hunter on that. William contacted the Hasbro customer service department because this is the right thing to do. You know, when you buy things, especially electronics and sometimes toys, it says if you have a problem, don't take it back to the store. Obviously, you can take it back to the store, but it costs everybody who's not you more money because then the store has to ship it back and the manufacturer has to send a replacement. What they want you to do is contact their customer affairs department and they'll affect a repair or replacement, which, of course, takes about 10 times longer than actually contacting the store and taking it back. Yes, and then you get your parts shipped in a little just plain envelope. We had that happen before. Well, Hasbro's customer service department has no replacement parts for this Slave one. So what are you supposed to do? Just return it to Amazon and get a new one? Well, Slavegate got a little worse this week <laughs> because... I feel like we need a theme song and a logo for Slavegate, like the news when something happens. I'm just picturing the law and order. Cha-chung-chung! Slavegate. <laughs> but Amazon took this offline and said unavailable. So people who wanted to return it for an exchange, you could always return it for a refund. Amazon, despite this debacle, who... I blame solely them. I see people blaming Hasbro. How are you going to blame Hasbro when it's Amazon's shipping department? Amazon is notorious for stupid shipping. There's a site I visit called Consumerist that would have the stupid shipping departments where they send like a 9 by 12 box and you open it up and there's a 2-inch thumb drive. Quite often I have purchased a beauty item and got it in a giant box with just an air pillow. By the same token, I'm a collector of my DVDs, especially the Star Wars ones, and several of my Clone Wars box sets are just shoved into a tight envelope and arrive to be damaged, and I send them back and get another one, and usually on the replacement, they'll put it in a box for me, because I'm not going to pay full price for a janked, dented DVD. I mean, that's I'm not going to put up with bad shipping. So this does lay at their feet, but God love them. They have the world's best return department. They do. Usually by the time my return is in the FedEx box where it's been scanned, I have my refund. It's awesome. Yeah, really nice. So you could get a refund from Amazon. The problem was you couldn't get a replacement for about a day. But they didn't tell you that. That was the problem is for like 24 hours, people were flipping out that they either had to keep their broken slave one or return to get their money back and just do without. Yeah. I saw some people on our Facebook page saying, just keep your damaged one because you'll never get it again. I didn't believe it. This is way too close. You know, keep calm and wait for slave one to come back online. That's my meme. <laughs> I should have put that on a meme and send it out because that was what I was thinking that whole time. What it said was temporarily unavailable. Again, Amazon proactive. They got so many calls and emails from angry Star Wars fans that they took it offline and they actually said on the page, we understand from our customers there's a problem with this item or a problem shipping this item. It's a generic message. They don't customize it. No, but they have put that up for other things too. I have gone to purchase an item, read the reviews where it said, this is not what you're getting. And by the time, you know, you think about it for a day and say, all right, I'm willing to take a gamble. Sometimes they do put that message up because they do fulfillment. So Amazon doesn't actually sell the items themselves. They're relying on the, the person selling the items to 
make it good. And I'm sure somewhere there was a little miscommunication. It said it's in a cardboard box. You could just slap a label on it. It's fine. And now they realize that's not the case. It is back online. More. I got an email from Amazon and it said, we saw you ordered the Slave One Amazon exclusive vehicle. We've had numerous reports of problems. If you have had any problems with your order, feel free to register for a replacement or a refund. Here's the site. So I really think that while this is a mess, it's a tempest in a teapot that is just for those of us who pre-ordered. And by the time it got a week into shipping, they'd had this resolved. As far as the Amazon shipping goes, as far as all of the problems inside the box, that's a different story altogether. Are we going to open yours? I have to. I will never trust one of these mint in box. Yeah, you can't. I mean, honestly, if you are a mint in box collector, and I think of the complete as I know, and Jonathan is the member of our staff who does the most mint in box stuff. If you're a mint in box collector and you're ever going to want one of these loose, buy two now and just say you will never, ever open the box for your mint in box one because... God only knows what's in there. But if you collected only mint in box and you're not going to open it, who cares? Don't you like to have open doors? But if you are a mint in box collector, you just have to have that blind faith that what you're buying is not a bunch of old red Solo cups. Han Solo cups? Yes. Because we're still mapping out my collection area and figuring out what we want to do with that, these days when it comes especially to big vehicles, I usually do just double, triple box them and keep them stored. But this Slave 1, I need to make sure I have all the parts and pieces. This isn't the first time they've had this. I remember an exclusive Obi-Wan Starfighter that was shipping without label sheets. These kinds of things do happen. My big question with this is, how many Slave 1s are made? Are they still being made? Is there going to be a second wave that might be more reliable? This would be really interesting to find out. It's like, you, I want to buy one now and keep yours mint in box and buy another one in like eight months and keep that mint in box. Then we can open them in 20 years and see. That seems like a grand waste of about 150 to $200. Most likely, yes. Especially the waiting part. We might as well just open them and find out ahead of time. But I'm not a minted box collector with the... New Black Series and Saga Legends. I'm questioning if I'm even a mint-on-card collector anymore. I still will be for all the 6x9s, but I'm not so sure about this other stuff. It's been an interesting week. I mean, new toys, new troubles. That's usually not how it goes. Well, let's take a look at some of these new purchases. The only exclusive we've been able to find is the Target-exclusive Rise of Darth Vader multi-figure pack. I have some problems with this. Where should I start? Well, let's just start with a few basics. First of all, this is a repack pack. Everything in here has shipped before. You've got two vintage figures, an episode three figure, and a last year's light-up movie hero figure, the light-up Darth Vader. But this Emperor. Let's talk about the Emperor, because I got lots of problems with the Emperor. First, he looks like Joey Pants. Joey Pantalono. I don't know that he looks like that. I think he looks... About as much like my mother as he looks like Joey Pants. And I mean that as in he has a striking resemblance to my mother. No, really, the Emperor does look like Arnie's mom. Seriously, we're not being mean. (laughs) Second of all, he's wearing a fur coat. It's not a fur coat. It's just, again, as we talked about earlier this show, a unfortunate use of furry soft goods around the shoulder. It's like he's got a velveteen short-waisted smoking jacket on. 
and a brown skirt to boot. So this really does not match. His designer obviously was mad at him this day. Now, this is a straight repack, but I think they changed up the fur a little bit on him because I would have really been drawn towards, yes, the... It looks like he's wearing a mink stall. Yeah, it's not... I, I, I don't know what's going on there with his outfit. It's it's very bizarre. <laughs> the brown skirt really just throws it off, but that furry jacket, oh my gosh. Plus... The facial expression's a little maniacal, but you know what? I kind of like it in an over-the-top kind of way. The Shock Trooper's a great figure. It's a repack of the vintage figure, but given that we're going to be talking about another Shock Trooper in just a few seconds, it's nice to have one that can hold his helmet and have a removable helmet and shoot a gun without looking like he was born without an elbow. And then finally, a figure that might be kind of hard for people to find. The medical droid hasn't been seen since 2005 with the episode three line way back when we first started this podcast. The one misstep beyond the emperor's (laughs) fur coat. The emperor's bad clothes. (laughs) The Darth Vader they included has this nifty light up lightsaber feature. And I imagine that there was a little bit of both a play value and cost savings measure. That's why they included this Vader. But... The whole point of this is this is the Rise of Darth Vader pack, right? Yeah. You're supposed to put Darth Vader on the table. Yeah, it's kind of, I think it's a little torturous looking. I've always thought that table was odd and a very odd play accessory, but go ahead. You can't take the light-up lightsaber out of Vader's hand. So you're saying he's born that way? I'm saying you're going to have him on the table with the fully ignited lightsaber in his hand. It's the wrong Vader to use for this set. It is. But that medical droid is awesome, and that shock trooper's great, right? And honestly, it's a good value for the money. It's a it is. $30 set, and you're getting four figures plus a big old table. That you could use to torture your other action figures. It looks like the rack. Well, if you already have the previous battle pack that has this, maybe it'll go good in Jabba's droid torture dungeon. Next up, we have some of these Saga Legends figures. And again, we have one of each to open other than the Yoda. And this has been very divisive among Star Wars collectors. I know some people are all about the articulation and the posability and saying that they are of no interest in these figures because they're lesser. And I completely understand that because we did buy that Titan scale figure that has the five points of articulation and the 12-inch size, and that was terrible. The one that looks like a soap bottle. Yes. Yeah. So I can see how people would have that opinion coming down here, but yet I'm surprised to see a larger segment of the collector market going, yeah, I'm into this. These are the figures I had when I was a kid. I like the retro look. I even had somebody say to me, that they should have done this with the vintage collection figures. Instead of making them super articulated and soft goods, if you're going to put them on a vintage card, that was the time to cut costs and go back to vintage articulation. Okay, I can buy that. That actually makes good sense. However, I think people complain about it. Yeah, well, we're collectors. We complain about everything. (laughs) So let's take a look at these, because I was very interested to get my hands on these figures and see how they work. So figure number one in the series is Mace Windu. Yep, it's five. Five points of articulation. Oh, and there I just knocked his lightsaber out of his hand. It's okay. I don't mind this, actually. And you know, I'll tell you the nice thing about it is if you're going for just some basic diorama building, some of these would be great because they probably stand a little better because they don't have the crazy articulation. 
admittedly, all the ones that we've taken out, we're taking them out as we review, but we've taken a few out first, stand really easily. A really good center of gravity, and even with their arms out with the guns and things, they stand well without needing figure stands, and even if I bump them, they seem to stand much better than any Hasbro figures I can think of as far as a wave goes. Even the very first Power of the Force 2 figures I got back in 95 and 96 would fall over if I looked at them wrong. Yeah, these stand really well, and you can move his arms in all kinds of crazy ways. And Well, not all kinds. You no. can move it in 360 degrees around the shoulder. But what I'm saying is, you know, previously you have to, like, carefully balance and everything, and he seems to be going good. Now, if you're looking at him from top down... He's got some funky shoulders. His shoulders taper at the top, and it's kind of weird. But then again, you're probably never going to be looking at it top down. Do you see what I mean? A little bit, but I agree with you as far as the articulation goes. And I will give some credit to the sculpt, because the way the arms are bent and such, just a little bit at the elbow, makes it not look too bad. This is a figure you can pose in a pretty good looking situation if you put the arm fully out at 90 degrees it does look like he's leading a parade with a baton and his lightsaber but if you keep it down at like a 20 degree angle it looks pretty good hasbro has thrown down the gauntlet though because at comic-con and at celebration europe they said some of the best sculpts they've ever done and i'm looking at this one and i can't really ding it I like that they sculpted a weave into his Jedi cloak. The texturing is nice. Absolutely. They put a couple buckles on the boots. They're not painted. They're not well detailed, but they're there. I'm torn on the plastic molded bottom of his Jedi cloak because it goes back to the old times when the Emperor had a cloak. and It was like the Emperor and Leia had the most fabulous pantsuits ever. Here, it's really weird because they've made little cutouts for the leg. And so when you separate the legs, it's not like his leg is a big square at that point. Not like the unipods that they used to have with the Royal Guards. But it makes it look like he's wearing a cardboard box for pants. He might be. That's the downside of the limited articulation is the way they have to do anything that flows or that's skirty. And... The downside with Star Wars is that's everything. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure that there's going to be a Leia in here or a Padme that just is going to really suck because of that. So neck down, I'm okay with this figure. There's not a lot of detail on it, but it's $5.99 and it's an action figure. If I ordered a $349 premium format Mace Windu and it came with no detail on the boots, of course I'd complain. For a $6 action figure, I'm okay with this. Where I gotta ding it is the head and face. First of all, we have two of them here. They are both cross-eyed. I have noticed that increasing a lot, that the eyes, the little dots I've been putting on the eyes have been off-center, people look crazy. The mint-on-card one is especially cross-eyed, like he needs corrective surgery to fix that. He has a lazy eye. That's all. Arnie, don't criticize. I'm not criticizing, I'm recommending he see an optometrist. Also, the facial likeness isn't quite there. I could almost use this action figure to represent the not Samuel L. Jackson Mace Windu (laughs) that arrives at Naboo in The Phantom Menace instead of Samuel L. Jackson. Maybe that's who it is. They ended up pasting Sam Jackson's face onto that Jedi during the end scene for the DVDs. But I remember being in theaters and going, really, George, any black man with a shaved head is going to look like Sam Jackson to you? 
Ouch. So that's kind of how this looks to me, is it does not look like Sam Jackson. But on a scale of 1 to 10, taking it for what it is, where a 10 would be a glorious figure that I could pose a few ways, knowing it's not going to have Vonner ankles and double-jointed elbows, I'll put this one at right about a 6. You know, honestly... Kids would not know the difference and would be fine with these. Now I'm saying, you know, don't cheap out on your kids. Well, maybe I am. But what I'm saying is if you're buying it for play value, they're not going to notice the difference. Who's going to notice the difference is someone like Arnie. And every single one of our listeners. Yes, that's what I mean. You are representative of them. But for a collector is where I'm putting this at a six. I mean, I don't play with my toys, but truthfully, very rarely do I, well, play with my toys. If I get a really well-articulated figure and it stays by the recording studio, sometimes I am tempted to pose it in new and fun different ways. But usually when I have my loose action figures, my life cycle of action figures is I take them out to the photo studio, photograph them carded, photograph them loose in the 360 degree view, take a few poses. And then when I had our collection room and long before that, even back when we lived in an apartment, find a loose display where I'm going to put them, pose them in a way that looks good and is well balanced and leave them there. And this one, I can pose them in a few different ways that looks good with his lightsaber. Without his lightsaber, he looks a little arthritic in the hand. (laughs) He's a little stiff. Figure number two is your everyday average basic clone trooper. Phase one from Attack of the Clones. Now, see, this is where I have the drawback with no elbow articulation because he just looks like a goofball shooting like this, doesn't he? With his arm out at 90 degrees. Both arms out at 90 degrees. Well, you don't have to have both arms out at 90. You can put one arm down and have him shoot one-handed. But that's an awful big gun to be shooting one-handed. But it's how the vintage figures were. When I was a kid and I had stormtroopers, they shot one-handed. I understand that, but these are not vintage retro nostalgia figures. These are a serious toy line, allegedly. No, no. The serious toy lines, the Black Series... These are intended for kids to have more basic articulation. And maybe because I grew up in the 70s, maybe listeners, you can let me know if I'm being delusional. But by having the one arm out with the gun, I think it kind of works. He looks a little gangster. If I could only swivel the wrist 90 degrees. (laughs) That would be funny. Here on this figure, though, and I didn't notice this on Mace, possibly because of his boxy legs. I notice how rubbery his limbs are. He's got a hard plastic body, but really rubbery limbs. Oh, he is very oddly almost flexible because of that. I mean, it's not going to be something where you have a joint. It just bends. Yeah. Huh. But his torso is pretty solid. Right. And it kind of reminds me of old G.I. Joe figures. My friend collected G.I. Joe. I never did myself. And I remember him tearing them apart and they had the hard plastic body. But yeah, the rubber arms, legs, and head. I remember him having fun demolishing them before he burned down his house. But on this clone trooper, I noticed that because of the different materials, it's almost like he threw a gray sock in the wash with his arm and leg armor, but the chest armor avoided that cycle. That happens a lot with the stormtroopers and clones, I've noticed, is that Often the torso, because it's a different plastic, is a different color. White is a notoriously hard shade to get all the same unless you use the same materials and same lot of paints or dye or whatever. Same thing with black. I know that sounds crazy, but you can have eight shades of black. And especially with his arms at his side, if you just want him standing at attention, if you want a good parade of clones, this is a wonderful cheap way to army build. With the gun up, 
might not look as good in a diorama. Certainly battle droids do better with this kind of 90 degree arm swivel. And the Jedi can do like a 45 degree, 20 degree lightsaber thing and still have the lightsabers pointing forward. Whereas if you do that with a clone, he's just shooting at the ground. (laughs) But again, let's see what Hasbro said about the sculpt. Other than the coloring on the arms and legs, this is perfectly adequate. A clone is a basic figure and I find no flaws. There's no details there that make me go, wow. But I can't find anything to ding either. I feel like this is... The basics brand at Target. You know how they have like their tiered brands and the basics, Target basics, that's like the lowest line of just like, hey, it is it is what it is. And that's what I feel like we're getting with these. That's exactly the case, though. I mean, that's the intent. Our third figure is Anakin Skywalker, and this is his Revenge of the Sith Incarnation. I guess you can tell by that 1970s David Cassidy hair. Yeah, they got the... 70s hair going on this one. It's like a hair helmet. It's okay. And he's got his leather tabards on over his Jedi robes because he was a flashy and ostentatious Jedi. Didn't he have the leather tabards in episode two, though? Yeah, yeah, he He did. did. Oh, I don't remember them being so black, but yeah. The big thing that always denoted a Revenge of the Sith Anakin to me that helped me separate him from a Attack of the Clones Anakin was the eye scar, though. And there's no eye scar on Anakin. You're right, he has no scar. I guess, though, the other big thing is the glove. The fact that he's wearing the gauntlet because he lost his hand at the end of Attack of the Clones. Very few Attack of the Clones figures have him with a robotic hand. Slight problem with no knee articulation. If you're making the figures walk, they only can goose step. Well, as I don't play with my figures, not necessarily an issue. He does have the same box legs as Mace. But the way they did him was nice because it's still kind of rounded inside, so it doesn't look weird, except when you're looking at it a certain way. The paint color choice, it does really draw a contrast between the black of the tabard and the brown of the robe, which I hadn't really noticed to memory. I know I didn't notice it to be that drastic in the film, and here it looks like he needs granimals. <laughs> The facial expression is oddly blank and vacant. But what are you going to do with an action figure? Well, with Anakin, I'd give him a scowl and a frown and maybe some petulant look. He looks slightly like Ryan Reynolds with that look on that face. Equally blank and vacant. Yeah, I'll go with that. Again, the paint apps, nothing to write home about. Plain brown boots with no buckles. They did put the buckles on his glove, though. It's not just a plain black glove. Yeah, that was a nice touch. And a little silver buckle on his belt, too. The sculpting, again, a textured robe. I think I prefer textured plastic robes to soft goods. I've never really taken to soft goods the more they've used them in the figure lines. So especially look at the Emperor we just got. Give me nicely sculpted textured plastic any day. I kind of agree with you there because while the soft goods are really nice especially if they do something awesome like put the wire in the bottom of a robe or a skirt the quality of what you get is just off the charts and it just makes it not worth it given that the emperor was wearing lady gaga's jacket yeah i mean i love soft goods on a sideshow 12 inch figure or a sideshow premium format you're gonna do a collectible and make it done right that's great you're gonna find the cheapest material from the cheapest chinese bidder not necessarily the case So I'm liking that. The face, again, it's a very similar review to the Mace Windu. It's not a great head. It's a decent enough body. So I forgot to rank the clone trooper, but I gave Mace Windu a six. I'll give the clone a seven. 
It's good enough. And I'm back to maybe a five for Anakin because his face is even worse. It's like a Ken doll face. It's just kind of blah. And I think you're going to find that on the human characters in this. And I'm not buying their best sculpts. Well, of course, they didn't say it was the best resemblances of the movie stars. Right. And they didn't say it was the best paint apps. That's correct. And that's- so that might be really well sculpted off whoever they based it off of. And really, it is well sculpted with the texturing and mm-hmm. things. I mean, they did Absolutely. a nice job. Copyright date clearly visible on his ass. That's where mine is. His lightsaber is really disappointing. It's kind of a weird aqua blue. It is blue and mangled. Absolutely no detail on the hilt, no black accessorizing. Mace had a little touch of gold. Obi-Wan that we're going to talk about has a touch of black. This is just a plain silver hilt. Again, if you're going for that vintage style, well, I guess you could have just molded it into his hand and given me an L slot so I could slide it out again. I actually would go for that, Hasbro. You're going to do this? Let's go all the way. That said... I remember when Bespin Luke had the removable lightsaber. I was so impressed he could take the saber out of his hand. I was five. So let's look at Anakin's master Obi-Wan figure four. Now we have an Obi-Wan with, I guess it's because it looks like he has arthritic hands, but I guess it's because you could put the lightsaber in both hands. I'm going to give these figures some credit. They hold their weapons well and tightly. I don't have to feel like I'm bending their hands in unnatural ways that could chip paint to get the weapons in there. And when the weapon's in, it stays. That's more than I can say for vintage collection figures. Yeah, that is nice that they actually do stay and you don't feel like you're breaking anything. The vintage collection often felt like a puzzle. Like, how do I get this blaster in this hand? There's only one specific way. The only problem is because he's ambidextrous. It looks like he has arthritis. But as I mentioned before, they did put a little bit of detail into his hilt, even though they did the same aqua blade color. Yeah, he's got a little black band on his hilt, which is kind of nice. I think somebody was drunk at the factory where they painted him, though, as there's little brown marks going all up his side from the belt. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Go home, Hasbro painter. You're drunk. But as far as the paint goes, again, not a lot of detail. He's wearing some nice... I think they'd call these burnt umber in my Crayola box boots. (laughs) That was the least popular color, remember? Unless you're drawing poo. I never did such things. Really? I was a a dignified child. Oh, whatever. This is a very good likeness of Ewan McGregor with a full beard. It is also a very good likeness of Jesus Christ with a full beard. (laughs) Honestly, it doesn't look like Ewan McGregor. It looks like anybody with a beard. And because he had a beard in the movie, you're okay with it and think it looks like him. It does not look like Ewan McGregor at all. It also is a very good likeness of Don Quixote. It it could be Will from Will and Grace. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, Arnie. He has a very long face here. They also painted his beard a little crooked, so it looks like he's got this weird off-kilter frown. Speaking as someone who's married to someone with a beard and mustache, that happens, damn it. (laughs) They also painted his eyebrows a different color than the rest of his facial hair. They painted it the same color as his boots. They were out of paint? I think if you found one with a better paint app than mine, with the brown paint coming off the belt, because this is a bearded character, and that makes the likeness easier, I'd actually give this figure a 7. Same boxy legs, but if you just have him standing with his legs flat down, balances well, holds his saber good, put the arms at about 20 degrees, it's a good Obi-Wan, it's a fine background Jedi, customizers who want to recreate the Battle of Geonosis, I say load up on these. Pop on whatever heads you want. Head to eBay to find some heads. Head to the other cheap lines to buy some heads. Paint up these outfits all you want. This is a customizer's dream. I mean, for those who don't customize, 
having customized myself, articulation is the negative of customization. The customizer's paint often chips off with even the most basic of movement. When you are, make a figure custom, you're making a statue anyway. Well, here's a statue for you to paint, and it's only $5.99 to start. And nice sculpted textured robe. Yeah, the sculptor did good with that because it is nice that you can actually see the texture in there. It makes it so much better than just plain plastic. The next figure, number five, is a super battle droid, and I'm going to be perfectly honest. When it came to battle droids and other sorts of droids, this is where I thought this line would excel. This is where I thought this line would really prove great for the money. But I'm sorry. People have said these figures look like McDonald's toys or cereal pack-ins, and this is the epitome of that in this wave. You're right. This one looks cheap. It feels cheap. It looks cheap. It has no weight. The other figures, because of the rubber arms and legs, had the same heft to them as a normal figure. This one feels lightweight. The hard plastic of the main body just has this ugly smoothness to it that a droid should have, but when you touch it, it feels cheap. And when you start moving the joints, it honestly reminds me of the Burger King toys. I can't put my finger on it yet as far as why it feels so cheap, but I'm I'm leaning towards what it is is the joints. It's because these, which are such a big part of the Super Battle Droid, are just molded on. They're not functional, and you have to have that with some figures. I will admit the very first thing I went to do with this figure was rotate his arm. I know that these are basic five points of articulation, but I kind of hoped they might sacrifice one so that we could swivel it at the elbow so you could have him just standing there at attention or up with his gun. This figure doesn't come with a gun. It's the first figure without an accessory. His arm is the gun. He is the weapon. So I thought maybe we'd get something else, but even with his arms sticking straight out, This should be how he looks. This is how he looked in the movie, is his arm straight out, but it's not working. I also think when his arm straight out, it's a little bit high up on his head. It makes him look like he wouldn't be able to see over his own arm, which wasn't movie accurate. The only paint on this whole figure, and I think this is also what's attributing to the cheapness, is a single red dot. The rest is all just the color of the molded plastic. It feels like a bootleg. It does. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this one. I was okay with the other ones, but this one really just kind of annoys me. I think this is great if you're a diorama builder and you want a bunch of troops in the back that people can't see. I said that on the last show. Perfect for this. You can have his arm in various positions, but no, I thought for sure droids would be where this line impressed me, and it doesn't. And his legs just pop right off. It's a ball-jointed leg and just, oops, there he goes. He's broken. Oh, don't break your toys, Arnie. Hey, look. I fixed it. Oh, you did. You're magic. The good news is we don't have to find a baggier coffin for his accessory. No, he's... Yeah. So on a scale of 1 to 10, he's good for background fodder. He's a 3. But the next droid makes up for it. Figure 6, R4P17. What are you going to do really well in a line of unarticulated figures? Basic Astromex. This is what this line would be wonderful of. Forget Disney and the Build-A-Droid, which is overpriced. Give me a ton of Astromex at $6 a figure. Admittedly, when Episode 3 came out, they gave me a ton of Astromex at $5 a figure that did more. But still. But see, I think he feels cheap. He's so lightweight, I think it feels like a McDonald's toy. He's extraordinarily lightweight. There is no third leg. He's just going to be a two-leg droid. 
and the paint colors used are really blah. It's so matte. That's the problem I've got with it. It's a matte paint. But other than the fact that he's a horrible, yeah, matte brown, and I like the figure of R4P17 we got back in 2005 better, I think this is perfectly fine. Give me a ton of astromechs like this. Again, customizers, go nuts. You can have every astromech you want because it's a fine sculpt. It's not a great sculpt. I wish to God it had a third leg, but for six bucks, I'm not going to get a third leg. And for what it is, for what it costs, and as far as what you're trading off for this, you're trading a third leg, which a lot of figures didn't have in exchange for a lower price point. I'll give this one an eight. I do wish the paint was a little better, but... It looks good enough. Well, it is nice to have Astromex because they're super cute. I just can't fall in love with this one. His paint is too blah. I really wish that he was a little bit more shiny on top. And I wish he did have a little bit more weight in his body. All right, R4P17, you should eat more. I also want to say this has the best paint app of any of the figures, though. They did a good job of the silver and the brown. It's a bad paint. We've said that. But look at all the little silver bits they put on them. Is it as much as they would on a vintage collection or now Black Series figure? No. But it doesn't feel like they cheaped out super cheap the way they did with the Super Battle Droid. Figure 7, because I only have the mint on card one and knock on wood, the card has not yet separated from the bubble. It's Yoda. So we can only judge the sculpt, not the articulation. I'm really getting a vintage Yoda throwback with him because he's really small and he's just got that kind of facial expression. But his body looks weird like it did in episode three. Because didn't you find Yoda's little body weird when he didn't have his cloak on? It was strangely... Stocky and bizarre. I actually thought it was thinner than I expected because that Hmm. cloak always billowed. I kind of like the scale of him. The articulation lines don't matter. The saber is green with no detail that I can see on the hilt while it's on the bubble. While I wish there was a little bit more detail to his robe, maybe a wash or something to make it look less just boring plastic, just going straight off the sculpt on the card, I'm going to put this one back at a seven. It's acceptable. Yeah, and I'd really like to get my hands on it because I really can't tell, but it might be great again in the background of a diorama. Then finally, the last figure of the wave, figure eight, the shock trooper. This guy does come with a blaster. Yes, he does. However, again, he still looks silly holding it out with his one point of articulation arm. I think because of the angle of the arm, it looks okay if you just have him on patrol. But if you want to actually be shooting someone, pew, pew, it looks silly. It does. I also have a problem with his red paint because it's very blah red paint and it's applied in a very thin coat. Yeah, you can almost see through it. It almost looks like if you added a few brush lines, because I was never very good at customizing, it would look like something I would do. Mm-hmm. Again, the rubbery legs and arms bother me, and it appears there's some cracking or something going on on the leg of mine. It's just a weird, it almost looks like somebody wrote on him with a pencil, but he just got out of the bubble. It's very faint, but definitely noticeable. Hmm, that is odd. Not sure what to make of that. Again, like the clone before him, the white of the arms and legs does not match the white of the body. Or the helmet. The paint lines are clean for the paint that there is. Again, I agree with you, like R4P17, I wish that they used a richer color of red, a glossier color of red. Clones, I mean, when I see the 501st at cons and things, they should look like nicely enameled motorcycle helmets. This just looks kind of poorly painted. I, I think that with all of these figures, reviewing them individually, it's pretty much 
going to be the same thing. Kind of great if you stick it in the background and not the thing you're looking for if you're looking for something that is well sculpted, that is movie accurate. You're not going to find that in this line of figures. You're just going to find some very basic, basic figures. He does a great staying alive pose. He does do that, yes. And if that's what you're looking for in your shock trooper, then this is your shock trooper. I'll give him a six. Now notice... With the exception of the Super Battle Droid, I've given all these figures above a five. I'm judging them on their own scale. I'm not judging them on the same scale with Vintage. If I had to do that, they'd still be in the fives, though. They'd be adequate. The Shock Trooper might drop to a three, the Super Battle Droid down to a one. But I'm taking value per dollar into account with those grading scales. That makes sense. I just think that if you're going to buy them and think you're getting the level of resemblance of the more expensive figures, you're not going to find it. They feel cheap. They look cheap. They are cheap. Yeah, they are cheap. So you're going to get what you pay for. So that's where we're going to stop our reviews for right now. We've got so much more. We've got Mission Series figures, Black Series figures, 6-inch, 3 and 3 quarter inch. But we've got a lot of time to talk about this. But we want to know what you guys are thinking about all this new stuff hitting stores. We got a lot of voicemails from you. We're going to play a few of those now. Yes, Star Wars Action News. Hi, Arnie and Marjorie. This is Richard in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Just want to give, let you guys know that the Black Series has just landed this week in Target and Walmart stores. And I picked up the Mission Series number three with Django Fett. And a battle droid. Uh, disappointed in articulation, but uh, the paint job looks really well. And I also picked up the uh, three-inch Black Series big dark lighter, which articulation is great, and I'm very happy with it. As far as the new cards go, I like the Black Series cards. The Mission Series cards I kind of like, too. I like the way they've done the packaging. But uh, other than that, um, I think Hasbro might be onto something. I just wish the articulation was a little bit better on the uh, Mission Series. But thanks again, guys. Well, thank you for calling, Richard. Looking at this Django Fett battle droid pack, I have one big question is why isn't he with a clone? That would have made more sense. Well, it seems like in three of the four Mission Series, they come with who they fight alongside. It's Darth Vader with a Seeker droid and Anakin with a 501st Trooper. But then we get to the third one, which is the troop builder. It's a battle droid and a clone. So they're fighting against each other. So I can go either way. I agree with you, Richard. I think that as far as these lower articulation figures go, the ones we just reviewed, the Django Fett heads and tails looks better. He does not look like he belongs among the figures we reviewed this episode. I also like that they gave the battle droid a little bit of battle damage instead of just making him a plain figure. Since you're getting two figures for... $12.99 here. It seems like these are slightly higher quality figures than what we were getting in just the plain mission series. Yeah, he's got exposed metal on his arm. I wonder if that was intentional or you've got a bad one. Looks like he's got a little silver. See it? I believe that's intentional. It goes with the molding. So thank you again for calling and good luck finding the rest of the Black Series you need. Uh, Yeah, my name is Dwayne. I'm calling from Southern Indiana, and while I can't really tell you what I am buying, I can tell you what I am not buying. I haven't seen any of the Black Series yet, so I can't really comment on those, but I did see my first of the new Hasbro small five POA figures, and I can honestly say that I will not be buying any of those. 
just looking at them, the paint jobs, the lack of articulation, it's just too big of a step backwards. I know they're trying to aim at the kids, but I know speaking as someone who was buying Star Wars figures in the 70s, even back then I always thought, man, these Stormtroopers would be so much cooler. They just didn't look so stupid pointing their guns with their stretched out straight arms. So I just see this new series as just way too much of a step backwards, and I won't be buying any of that. Hopefully my mind will change on the Black Series when I see those, but so far what I've seen from the first two waves is just way too much retreads, re-sculpts, and nothing new there. So so I won't be buying too much at all the Hasbro Star Wars figures this year, so hopefully they'll come up with something new that I can spend my money on later in the year. Thanks. Thanks for that. Like I said, I think these figures have been really divisive. It's a polarizing figure line and figure choice right now. I'm on the record on this show many times, and I promise not to beat this dead horse, that I do wish we could get new figures. When I was opening my mission series, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if they made a Kidster or a Wald, and they do it in this because it's a low investment, and then I'd finally get a Kidster or a Wald, and then I went to hey, self, what are you thinking? That's the exact opposite of what Hasbro is trying to do with this line. So when it comes to the new Black Series figures, I agree with you. I think that they're nice figures. I think they're vintage collection style figures and that level. But it's hard to get excited when the biggest upgrade of the wave is bigs. (laughs) And you've heard our thoughts on the Mission Series and Saga Legends. So thank you again for calling. Hey, how you doing? This is, uh, my name is Jeff, <laughs> uh, calling from Spokane, Washington. I scored the Black Series three and three quarters at Toys R Us. Well, you know, uh, not really impressed with the selection in there, but I'm sure it'll get better. Scored the six inch over at Target, and those are killer. And I got the Slave One in the mail. And mine came out minty, which is what I needed because I had a friend get in a car accident this past week, and that kind of bummed me out. So it was cool to not get damaged product. <laughs> so that's that's all I have. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for calling. We hope your friend's okay. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that. Glad finding some new Star Wars figures was able to lighten things up for you. I've had some weeks like that, weeks where everything goes against you, and then you find a few action figures, and for just a few minutes, you forget your troubles. So glad it was something like that for you, and glad you are able to get the Slave One. And you make a good point about the figure selection getting better. I know that the last caller and myself were a little discouraged by the character selection we've seen thus far, but this is very early on into a new figure line, and need to give it six to eight months before we really start to judge it for its character depth. If eight months from now, we're still mining the depths of Luke, Han, Leia, Obi-Wan, Vader, Stormtrooper, Clone Trooper, C-3PO, R2-D2, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Padme, Jango, Boba, then maybe I got a problem. At least throw a Lando in, please. There is not enough Lando. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. There needs to be more Lando. But of course, he only has like, what, one outfit? Two, maybe? And you mentioned liking the six-inch line. Let me tell you, the biggest tide I've seen changing online is people's reactions to the six-inch line now that they're in stores. 
before it came out, it seemed like I was hearing primarily, I won't get that, I won't get that, I won't get that. Now that they're seeing them, seeing the articulation, seeing the way these things move, it's become, well, I'm going to get the ones for the characters I really like, or I'm going to get the really good sculpted ones, or I'm all in. So I think that as these come out, more and more people are realizing that this can add some freshness to Star Wars action figure collecting that has been lacking for a while. At least for me, I'm certainly finding that to be the case. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Xbox Home the Forms. Like I said, two, three things about Black Series. First thing, 16th Series, not buying. The previous core line, I'm going to buy a few here and there. The other thing about the Slave 1, a lot of, I hear a lot of people on the forums saying they've seen the box damage. See wrong parts. The spring within the two wings don't turn, don't fit, don't work too well. So I'm basically going to wait to Christmas time for Amazon to say issues with their shipping situation and hazards with this situation with with the ship not being correct. So other than that, happy hunting. May it work with you. Later. Thank you for calling. I think a wait and see a pro slave one may be the right way to go right now. Wait and see what? If the second wave is better? If there is a second wave, if the second wave is better, there may not be. I mean, there simply may not be a second wave. And even if you order at Christmas, Amazon could be sending you one that was delivered to their warehouse the same day that the one mine that I pre-ordered was delivered on. But yeah, I think you and I are in the same boat, though, because I ordered a lot of my figures online, too. And now I have to realize that I may not need to do that. I'm curious because our sponsor, Big Bad Toy Store, recently put up for pre-order the second wave of the six-inch figures, and this looks like a great wave. It's got the Boba Fett in the non-exclusive version. Same exact Boba Fett, though, so I don't know that I necessarily need him since I'm a loose collector. And then you've got the Slave Leia, and then, of course, Han and Greedo, and I might need two Greedos to make up for that Boba Fett. Of course you do, and Greedo is absolutely acceptable to make up for a Boba Fett. So those are for pre-order now as a wave at Big Bad Toy Store, and several of the figures are available individually. The Boba Fett is pre-sold out at Big Bad Toy Store. I think he may be a real hard one to find in stores, so I'm torn right now based off what we're seeing. I'm thinking I can go back to the good old heady days of toy runs and not having to buy by the case and buy by the wave, but I'm just not comfortable with it yet. Let's see. Hey, this is Rex uh, out of here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, gonna be honest, the uh, uh, figures I've been picking up have been the 6-inch series, uh, amazing detail, uh, amazing packaging. I really enjoy these. I'm an open collector, but I can also see myself as a closed collector on these. Uh, I haven't picked up any of the three-inch uh, figures yet just because they've been sold out. Uh, the only one I've found was Anakin. And uh, I've also bought the uh, – I'm also sticking with the 31-inch Darth Vader that I picked up the other day. Um, there isn't much articulation, about seven points of articulation, but uh, – uh, by far an outstanding little, uh, little figure to, you know, own and, uh, you know, put up with the, uh, collection. And by little, I don't mean that literally. But, uh, yeah, uh, you guys keep up the great work and, uh, we will, uh, hopefully talk to you soon. 
good to hear a call from someone really effusive about the six inch line because I like to have some backup. When I say some people are really liking the six inch line, I'd like to know listeners don't think I'm lying. Well, yeah. I guess. As far as a mint and box collection of these, we talked last week about the three and three quarter black series packaging. I'm really coming to like the fronts of the six inch black series packaging. I have the same problem with, as we called it, the etching art on the back of it. It worked really well on the Comic-Con exclusive. I think that's because it was a glossy box. And here on just this matte plain cardboard, it doesn't have the same effect. I think I'm sticking to being a loose collector of these, though. I think that I'm going to have to start getting another tackle box or some kind of storage (laughs) for all the parts that come with, like, the R2, but the boxes don't look good enough or feel sturdy enough for me to think about as a boxed collection. But you mentioned the 31-inch Darth Vader. Thanks for bringing that up. I'd been forgetting that. We saw that in person for the first time last week at Wizard World. They're showing up all over online and at Walmart stores. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think of him just yet. You like him. I actually thought he was pretty cool. For a barely articulated, is he a large action figure? Is he a plastic statue? The fact that they put soft goods on him and soft goods that actually look good on him versus, again, the Emperor's new mink, (laughs) I think it really helps. If they'd gone just pure plastic with him, might not have been so impressed. My problem is right now with Ep7 coming down the line, I'm really trying to focus my collecting a little more and get away from completism. I would have happily bought this just a year ago and been like, ooh, look at my new big Vader. But now I'm kind of like, where am I going to display him? What am I going to put him around? What would I do with him? I haven't ruled out getting him. I'm just really weighing the option of buying something outside of my collecting wheelhouse at the moment as an impulse buy that may end up in storage right next to the backpack buddies I got with a box of fruit roll-ups around the time of Ep2. I will tell you that my new employees are really going to enjoy episode seven with all the food promos that are coming. I may abstain. Okay. We will see. The hype of the movie will get me. I'll never abstain. Exactly. So thank you to all of the callers who called with the various store reports. We're going to end with a last voicemail that's a little bit different as somebody called in a review of a high-end item. Hello, Star Wars Action News family. This is Sonny from Paraline, Texas. I just wanted to give you my review on the long-awaited Gentle Giant Star Wars chess set. Yes, I said it. The chess set. Wow. It's totally awesome. I'm still speechless. <laughs> the craftsmanship is overwhelming. You will not have any buyer's remorse with this product. Very worth the money. I pre-ordered it from Redford Film. Their website is www.redfordfilm.com. Right now, they have it for $4.99 with received shipping. The cheapest I've seen it. They also have excellent customer service. You can always get someone on the phone to answer your question. They even called me to have my credit card information updated because it was on pre-order for so long. I'm so glad to have this displayed in my library. It just looks cool. I have it next to my Star Wars frames. I really do recommend this chess set that we waited so long for. I think it was Celebration 3. Maybe it was Celebration 4. I know it seems like it's been forever. Well, that's my take on it, guys. You should get one. I can't wait to see everybody at Celebration 7. For now, let the planning begin. 
So the chess set has finally shipped. That, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Marjorie and I first saw in 2007 when we went to Toy Fair in New York for the very first time. And thanks to our good friends at Jedi Temple Archives, they told General Giant, hey, these are righteous folk and let them in. And we got to go to the General Giant showroom. General Giant doesn't even do Toy Fair in New York anymore. Mm-hmm. They haven't for years. But we got to go in and off in the corner in this really dark showroom like they were trying to be so cool it was almost like a hookah lounge kind of atmosphere and there was the chess set and not all that different from what was released but one major difference if you go way back in our photo archives way back to my first dslr camera in 2007 my rebel you could see that they painted the pieces so they were like tiny collectibles now they've gone far more classic chess set now i also have a niche collection of chess sets i have several chess sets from around the world i used to be bigger into it but never huge like i am the other things it was a very specific collection i like for playing that they have them unicolor but come on i have to make my opponent wear curator's gloves in order to touch that kind of piece so if it's something that's never going to be played i just always wish they left them painted and colorful Yeah, they were very pretty, and I would have bought them in a heartbeat had that been what was actually released and for sale. And now I'm like, eh, it'll go on clearance or something. It's a very pricey item. It may not. Gentle Giant, when it comes to items like this and its monuments and things, have been doing so good at limiting the edition size. That said, I felt the same way about that Princess Leia dartboard and paid full price, and I could have gotten it for a third of what Mm -hmm. I paid for it. I like the chess set, and I thank you for the review. Those photos really do it justice. Listeners can either see them on the Enhanced Podcast or see them on our website, SWActionNews.com. But I'm just impressed that they actually finally shipped it. I remember asking them about it in like 2010, 2011, and they said they were really holding off to a point where the economy could justify the expense of the chess set. And speaking of online orders and... Items we haven't seen for a while. FX Collectibles put up a pre-order this week. And it's their first Star Wars pre-order I can think of in quite some time. Wow, what was it? It was the Darth Maul Legend lightsaber. And this is from Episode 1, the full-length lightsaber. Hmm. Cast from an original screen-used prop. Not computer-modeled or anything. They had a screen-used lightsaber, made a mold out of it, and made this saber and i was actually really impressed because the price was only 3.99 and with their legend scale stuff and the legend helmets i've seen all being much closer to a thousand i was like wow that's a really good price for a really good prop that is a great price now this is available to pick up from a number of resellers It is sold out directly from FX Collectibles. So if you wanted, head to Star Wars Action News sponsor Brian's Toys, where they do have this available for pre-order. Now, FX Collectibles is changing their model. Whereas Sideshow's lately been putting up pre-orders for stuff that's not going to ship until well into 2014, this is expected to ship by December 15th. They are only putting up pre-orders from FX Collectibles that they expect to ship in a relatively soon time. And this is also a signature edition, comes with a Ray Park signature stand. It's a great piece. It is limited to 500 pieces made from resin and plastic. It looks great from the pictures I've seen online. I'll tell you, there's only one reason I did not snatch this up. 
That's that I have the Master Replicas one. Yeah, I guess you don't need to duplicate these, do you? I'm trying to think of a good reason for you, but I can't, and I'm sorry. I mean, if I got this one, which is the more accurate replica, I would probably sell my MR one, and I don't want to get into that yet. I, I gotta think about it. I know this one's slightly more screen accurate, but I love the MR one, and that one has a personal history with me. It was something we bought at a time when we didn't have a lot of money, and the signature edition, we were buying prop collectibles, so it's not like I was hungry and needing to pay rent, but it was one of those things that we were putting on credit cards and then paying off over time. It was a hard purchase. See, that's the problem is I have a lot of memories of some of these things. And yeah. they'd be hard to part with. And I say don't part with them. Yeah. And it's been part of my collection and a centerpiece of my collection for so long that I, that's the only reason. But I did have this in my cart. And then I just was like, I don't need two. I don't need two of the same saber, even if this one's slightly better. But listeners... If you don't have the Master Replicas one, and especially that full-length one, it's such an impressive piece. It's impressive size. It looks great. And come on, it is the baddest lightsaber in the entire Star Wars saga. That it is. And if you do buy it from Brian's Toys or anything from Brian's Toys, be sure when you check out to mention you were referred to them by Star Wars Action News. Gentle Giant also put a few items up for pre-order. There's the Jumbo... Snowtrooper action figure shipping in quarter two, 2014. And that one's super cool. He was my favorite Stormtrooper as a kid. He was the scariest. I might pick him up at maybe C2E2. He'll be shipping by then, maybe get him in person. They also put up for Premier Guild members the Tri-Logo Yak Face. I remember some Premier Guild members were hopping mad because as part of the Premier Guild membership, it says you're going to get the convention exclusives, but that was so limited. It wasn't available before the con, but that was available now in limited supply, so Premier Guild members could get that. If you prefer the statues, the companion piece for their not-really-Adam-Hughes Padme statue has come out. This is, though, a much more accurate Yoda to the Adam-Hughes original drawing it's in one six scale so gonna be around six inches five inches tall and they also have the animated boba fett maquette and this one yeah they did do the one where they painted the old maquette in the styles but this is actually with the animated series gun as justin pointed out when we did our comic-con coverage these are both available from brian's toys the yoda is 114.99 and the Boba Fett is $138.99. Not a bad price. I remember when the maquettes used to be $80, but everything's gone up in price. Of the two, I'm not a fan of that Padme. If they'd done it like Adam Hughes drew it, I'd have pre-ordered instantly. Don't like the artistic license of the artistic drawing that they took artistically. <laughs> that Boba Fett, though, I might be picking him up. He's kind of cool, and I don't know. I celebrate the underdogs. I love Howard the Duck, and... I like the holiday special. What can I say? And finally this week, if you're headed to The Gap, I don't know if anyone shops at The Gap. I remember The Gap was really cool for my sister in 1988. Is The Gap still cool? <sighs> it's there. I don't know. I think it's lost its edgy. Well, no one's ever was edgy. I guess it kind of lost its coolness. And it's just something that exists now when you need a pair of khakis. Because I remember my sister used to be embarrassed if my mom would go with her to The Gap because her friends might see her with her mom because all of her friends would be at The Gap. Yeah, The Gap doesn't have that cool stature anymore. You're talking now like, I guess, Airy and Aeropostale and... Hot Topic, maybe? No. No? I don't think anybody really shops at Hot Topic except Avril Lavigne fans. Well, listener The Art GD sent us in a shirt that he found at The Gap 
Apparently, it's okay for us to go to the Gap. It's not just a place for teen girls as it was in the 80s. But it's a Darth Vader on vacation shirt with a coconut drink. You know, he's got to kick back and work on his tan, too. It's ironic. (laughs) So thanks for sending that in. Thank you to all of the listeners who participated in this week's show, be it email, Facebook, and especially those who called in the voicemail thoughts. Thank you so much. I mean... What we love about doing this show is listener interaction. And when we get to go to conventions and meet you guys in person and give you our badges that Chris worked on, then that is tremendous. But give us a call. Let us know what you're finding and what you think about what you're finding. It's more important to know if you like what you're buying. Our number is 415-508-JEDI. We'll be back next week with a little bit more. And finally, speaking of Chris and his great graphic design, congratulations to Chris. He has a new Padawan in the family. Yes, congratulations, Chris. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that podcast at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. You can help support Star Wars Action News by making a donation using the Donate button at SWActionNews.com or by using affiliate links on the Star Wars Action News homepage when shopping online. Your support helps keep Star Wars Action News on the air. We also appreciate it if you would spread the word about Star Wars Action News. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes page is at SWActionNews.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is segment reporters Jerry, Brock, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve, graphic design by Chris, image editing by Jay, podcast enhancement by Andrew and Barrett, associate produced and podcast announcements by Brock. 
Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. But that's an awful big gun to be shooting one-handed. That's what she said. Boom. All right.